0: This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 215. Wait, when, when is this episode supposed to go live again?
1: Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he'd protest against a Back to the Future 4 movie, Pat Flynn.
0: Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome to episode 215. We are closing in at the end of May here, and I'm really excited to bring on a guest uh, who is a member of my team. This is somebody who we hired recently to take over the management of the content. She is the uh, person in charge of making sure things get posted on time and all these sorts of things. We're going to talk all about her role, what she's gotten herself into, how she's been able to tackle and actually make the SPA content more consistent and better over the last six months to a year and some of the plans we have moving forward too and also some tips for you to help you better manage your editorial calendar, to stay consistent and how to get ahead as well. So this is Jana Marin who is the content editorial manager. We even, I keep messing up exactly what her title is but she'll tell you what it is and uh, this is gonna be a lot of fun. So here we go, Jana Marin, who I also like to call the whipcracker. Here we go. What's up, everybody? I'm so happy to welcome another member of my team of Team Flynn here. Uh, This is Jana Marin, who is the um, managing content editor, and we'll get into all what that means and and why she came on board, what she sort of got herself into, and how she got us out of a, a kind of a weird, you know. For those of you who've been following SPI for a while, you know my content on the blog specifically, but even across the podcast and Ask Pat and all that stuff. I mean, it's a lot of content, right? And for different periods of time I'd be more consistent than others and you know I felt like I really needed to get serious about the content on the site and bringing somebody else on board uh, and that's why I'm so excited to to welcome Jana today to talk all about that so Jana welcome to the show thanks for being here
2: hi Pat thanks for having me
0: so managing content I always screw up like the title like can you just tell everybody like what what is your official title and what does a person like that do
2: yeah, so I usually use the term managing editor to describe what I do, and um, the reason for that is that it it encompasses kind of like two aspects of the role, one being like a traditional project manager and one being somebody who looks at the project management from an editorial perspective.
0: Mm, okay. Does
2: that, does that make sense? Yeah, it, it totally <laughs> makes sense.
0: So basically a specialized project manager, I think people know what a project manager uh, is and does and 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 so f- specifically for the work that everybody has experienced on SPI, like what have you had a hand in? What 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 can people know that you p- are helping to do?
2: Sure. So when you think about SPI, there's a, a bunch of different types of content that you're producing on a regular basis. You have your blog, you have your two podcasts, the Smart Passive Income Podcast, App Pat, and you have SPI TV. Mm-hmm. So, when when I came on board, um, I believe the team was primarily helping you produce your podcast, Ask Pat and the Smart Passive Income podcast. And your production was, you were like working a week out. So, on Sunday nights, you were recording your Ask Pat episodes for the coming week. Right. And you would deliver those to Min- Mindy on Monday and she would edit those all on Monday and get them scheduled and ready to publish. And same thing with your podcast, you you were recording your podcast episodes maybe two or three weeks in advance at the most, and then they were getting produced within a week so that they were ready to publish on, on your Wednesday publishing schedule. Mm-hmm. So what I did when I came on board was I looked at your production schedule and I said, okay, ideally we... Much better for you and the rest of the team is we could start banking your content. And by banking content, I mean at the end of March, all your April content is done and ready to go. It's scheduled and it's just in the queue waiting for its published date.
0: And what is, what is the benefit of doing that? Like I obviously there's benefit like you, you already have it done, but you said for the team too, like how, how does batch processing and having things in the bank actually uh, help help out the rest of the team too?
2: Yeah, so for the rest of the team, what it does is we can batch produce a lot of content at the same time. So if you have all your ep- your episodes from advance, those can all be batch edit- edited. And in addition to just the batch editing or batch production, it just gives us much more cushion for anything that could be delayed. And it does happen. There does mm-hmm. there are delays and often there's nothing we can do to prevent that from happening. But when we're working so far in advance, it's not something that we're still trying to scramble and get it, get it completed in like a day or two to meet the publishing deadline.
0: Right. Everybody just feels a lot more comfortable uh, peace of mind, and I, I definitely have that too. Um uh, before <laughs> before before we move on into more of the SPI stuff, and and actually how somebody who's listening on the other end could incorporate some project management into their editorial calendar and whatnot, whether they hire somebody else or not, and we'll talk about all the tools and the great things you could use to help you with that. Uh, talk about kind of what you were doing before you came on SPI. Like, what was what was your experience before Matt found you and you came on board?
2: Okay, sure. So. Um, Matt, who is the head of the Winning Edits team, uh, he and I have been working together sporadically over the years um, because I've been working as a full-time freelancer for about 10 years. And in that capacity, I've been doing a variety of editing projects from doing book-length manuscripts to copy editing to this type of editorial support that I'm providing to you and the SPI team. Um, And as a freelancer, I've kind of been doing the typical um cobble together different types of jobs to make a full-time living. So I have also been a college professor teaching college composition at the local community colleges where I live, and I also publish my own magazine. So between all those different projects, that's what I've been doing for my full-time career. And prior to freelancing, I was working for a publishing company um, in the area where I live, when I started with the company, they had one local community magazine, was kind of like a typical consumer lifestyle magazine and I was the managing editor there and Over the course of the four years where I worked there, we launched a number of additional magazines, both monthly, annual, and bi monthly so by the time I left, I was managing somewhere between six and eight publications on a monthly and annual basis
0: wow so you definitely had the experience of uh, managing a bunch of different projects like you do for me and it's it was all in and around you know writing and editing which is perfect
2: (laughs) yeah it's kind of my sweet spot
0: (laughs) that's awesome so so when you came on board and you saw that you know we were only a week ahead at a time on ASPAD and maybe a week or two on SPI and, you know, the blog content was just being written as it was being published essentially or published as it was written. Like, how did you approach, like how, how, how do you approach that and, and how, how, how do you make it all happen?
2: Yeah. So I, I use a spreadsheet initially. Um, spreadsheets are awesome for doing this type of work where you can just kind of lay everything out and get like the big picture visualization of what are your published dates and working backwards from those published dates. What are the different production steps that happen before a piece of content is completely finalized and ready to publish? Um, So with your podcast, for example, right before – publishing, we do around a QA. Right before QA, we're producing the show notes and the featured image for that episode. Right before that, we're doing the transcript production. Right before that, the the episode is getting edited with your intro, the main episode interview, and your ad spot. Um, And right before that, you are recording those intros and ad spots and interviews and making sure those pieces are all uploaded to Dropbox for the audio engineer. So there's a lot of moving parts and just understanding who's doing what and how much time each person needs to complete their component um, and mapping out those dates backwards, like I said, from the published date. And so, Then I'm looking at, okay, how are all those publishing dates lining up? So, for your blog, you want to be consistently publishing blog posts on Mondays. Your podcast was consistently publishing on Wednesdays. Your TV episodes are publishing on Fridays. And then your Ask Pat is publishing every day, Monday through Friday. So, I'm looking at how are those publishing dates lining up? And then how are the other task components, production components, also lining up? And how can I create a production schedule for all of those components that make sense for the team. So like I was saying before, they can batch produce different tasks. Mm-hmm. And I just mapped those all out on a spreadsheet so that I knew what the dates were and I knew what the timelines were. So I knew that, okay, to accomplish like having all of your podcasts produced a month in advance, you actually need to be recording your interview episodes almost two months in advance. So I know what that that leeway time frame is for each task in the production. Right. And then <laughs> we started using this really awesome tool called Co-Schedule, which is where I actually input all of those tasks and dates and deadlines, and they're all attached to the piece the individual the individual piece of content. So we can see it on the calendar when the content is scheduled and we can click in and see the task list and the deadlines attached to each one of those tasks.
0: This sounds like a lot. <laughs> and it kind of It is a lot. <laughs> it is. Uh, which I think is kind of scary for some people who might be listening if somebody were mm-hmm. blogging or podcasting and or both and they just want it to be more consistent. What's maybe one or two things they can do to just really make that happen?
2: Yeah, I would say look at the calendar and think about the next three to six months. And this is something else that I helped implement for you, Pat, is we effectively have the whole rest of 2016 planned out in terms of, like, focused themes for each month. And what that does for you is when you sit down to look at, okay, pretty soon you're going to have to be planning your content for June and you're going to be picking out the specific blog posts and the specific podcast guests, But instead of just kind of starting from scratch, we have a focused theme for that month, which is kind of like a jumping off point for you so that you can then kind of drill down into that topic more specifically with each of your blog posts, with, with each of your podcast guests. So somebody who's doing maybe only a blog or only a podcast could do something very similar where you look at the next three to six months and think about, okay, what are the general broad-stroke topics that you'd like to cover in those three months and just map that out. So do like one, two, three for the next like May, June, July. And if you're really ambitious, keep going because maybe you're doing some brainstorming and you just get a long list of topics and you can just plug them into the next next three months after that, August, September, October. And before you know it, you have your, the whole rest of the year with at least those general themes and then, when you're ready, you can go back and say, "Okay, now if I want to be consistent for one post every month, whatever that theme is for June, what are potential four potential topics you could cover in the month of June that would give you those four blog posts for a weekly consistent blog post?"
0: Yeah, thinking about it like that has been really helpful, and the nice thing about that too is you get to oh you get to see sort of a bird's eye perspective of what's happening over the next three months six months and for us a year sometimes so we get to see where we can implant launches where where does the book launch fit into all this and does it even make sense and a lot of times if there's something major coming up like the recent will it fly book launch will make the content kind of all lead up into it perfectly um like i think the content in and around february which is launch month was not just about the book launch but book launches in general and we talked to a number of people on SPI TV and podcasts all about book launching that's when we interviewed uh, Daniel who was in charge of the launch team and it kind of all made sense and it just made it a nice it wasn't a hundred percent every post every ask Pad, every podcast episode was about book launches but the jump off point for making that happen was huge And I think it was a better experience for everybody listening and watching and, and reading but also for me as a producer of all that stuff having that jump off point like you said is really important because the last thing you want to do is just stare at a blank screen or a spreadsheet and just be like hmm what should i do now and you know that's wasted time and it's it's obviously you're going to have to think about what you're want, going to want to do but if you have if you kind of work general and then then get specific it becomes a lot easier and I think it, that, that was really helpful. That was one of the most helpful things was creating those those theme months. And even though we don't stick to it in terms of every piece of content on it, uh, it is a great jump off point and allows me to, to think much clearly or think more clearly or clearer right. or whatever. See, this is why right. I have a, I'm an editing team now. <laughs> To help me with things like grammar and spelling, which I've actually gotten, a, that was a good lead. And I've actually gotten a lot of comments from people saying, "Pat, like the quality of your content, like I could, it's your voice. It's I could tell it's you, and I love the topics, but just the quality of the writing is so much better." And I think that's just partly due to due to the fact that I'm, I've been writing a lot more now and more consistently, making a habit of it. And we'll talk more about my production schedule in just a second, but also because we have an editorial team who's looking at that content or reading it after I write it to make sense of it. Can you talk about that process? Because I think a lot of people are at the point where they've been blogging for a while and they're wanting to up and level up their their writing for their audience.
2: Yeah, um, just as you were saying that, I, it occurred to me, another benefit to implementing this schedule that we have now for you is you're we're spending more time crafting your blog posts. So I think you said earlier, that before I came on and before we implemented this process, you were just writing posts as they were being published. So you would write and publish. Yeah. So now with this production schedule, you're spending much more time crafting those blog posts. The way that I have your blog production schedule set up is you are, you're starting to draft your post one week. The next week is your deadline for having the draft completed, then there's a deadline for me, and I review that post for, like, just general development structure, organization clarity, and I'm often leaving comments for you, like, hey, this maybe doesn't quite make sense, can we reword this, Um, Mm -hmm. looking for that type of stuff, and then you revise it one more time if there are necessary revisions, and finalize it and then we have a copy editor review the post and all this is happening you know within that three or four weeks before the post is actually published and then we're publishing so it's awesome to hear that you're getting feedback from readers that they have noticed an improvement in the quality because we are spending the time on making sure those posts really are quality content for for that for the audience
0: yeah no it's 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 great it's it's been great and Again, a question for everybody else out there who um, may just be starting out and can't yet afford a, an editor or a team like this. What are some things that they can do to make sure that as they're starting to get more ahead in their content schedule, um, that th- they're going in there and they're they're just, you know, really taking, the, not just publishing as they go, but actually taking some time to, to go through those posts before they publish? What are some things they could do? Are there any tools that they can use or... Certain process to actually just make sure things are good before they hit publish.
2: Sure, a couple of things. First of all, I would say just give that piece of content, whatever you're writing, give it some time and space. So you have a draft, leave it alone for a couple of days, and then come back to it because then you really are returning to it with some fresh eyes, and you'll things that you don't see when you're mired in the writing and in the drafting. Another thing is have someone else read it. It doesn't have to be a professional editor. It could be your best friend. It could be your spouse, your significant other, just someone else who has uh, another perspective who, again, will see things that you don't see and who really is coming at it from a reader perspective and can let you know when something doesn't make sense or when something's unclear. Oftentimes, what happens as a writer is you know what you mean in your head, and so it makes sense to you when you read your own words, but it may not make sense to someone else who's reading it and doesn't know what's going on inside your head, right? Right,
0: right. (laughs) The one thing that's worked for me is actually reading them out loud, and yeah,
2: that's a great tip, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm it's so crazy how much I catch when I hear myself uh speak whatever it is that I'm that I'm reading. It's uh, it's a quick tip, and I know a lot of us. Were like how I was before, where you finish something and you're like, "Yes, it's done. Publish!" Like you, you're done with it. You want to get it out there into the world. Um, do yourself a favor; just at least spend a few minutes or an extra fifteen to twenty minutes and do these things that Jana was saying, or send it off to somebody. Hopefully, you're giving yourself giving yourself some flexibility in in terms of publishing schedule, so that you do have time to do some of these things. But if anything, at least you know, read it out loud. I think um, it's uh, these things are really important. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into other types of things that you've been helping out with. Um, Emails have also been helpful, and there are certain emails that I send out every month. For example, uh, the book club email and emails to ambassadors. Uh, There's a special group of people on a special email list who get early access to things, and I only open that up to, to certain people sometimes. But those are emails that have to be consistent also, and uh, and also the Digest email. There's a Digest email that you could all sign up for where you can get all the content that have been published across all the different platforms in one convenient email to you. Um, I believe if you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash Digest, it, it may open that up for you. I'll have to... Well, not yet, but by the time this episode goes live, that that will be available for you. Um, where you could sign up to get those those weekly emails that again get sent to your inbox. Covers all the podcasts, blogs, Ask Pat episodes. Anytime I do live streams or something, you get the replays there too. Um, and we have you know tens of thousands of people on that. Uh, so those are important emails that that go out to people, and we do those far ahead in advance too. And we use a number of tools to help. You, you mentioned a couple of tools already, Co Schedule. Um, one, one of the things that I love that we've been implemented, Jana, is that whenever we're going to be starting a new piece, we create a Google Doc for it. And you just in Co Schedule yeah. drop that Google Doc link. Like you, you create the Google Doc link for all of those pieces of content. And then all I have to do is go into Co Schedule and see what my next task is. And if it's something related to writing, I hit that task and I, the link for the Google Doc is already in there and I can just boom, start writing and I know what I'm writing about. Sometimes I go into there and you and Mindy or whoever else, you'll actually put in some of your own thoughts like, oh, this should probably be about this or make sure to cover this or I found this really interesting article that might have to do with this. So again, I'm not ever going into something and just opening a blank sheet of paper or a screen and not knowing what to do. Um, but the Google Doc thing has been really good and that's been helping out with the emails too because I craft the emails or sometimes I'll actually dictate those emails or d- uh, you know what to say and somebody comes in, gets those MP3 files or that transcription and, and then takes it from there. So uh, that, that's another process we use which is, which has been really cool.
2: Yeah, and we treat those emails like a publication, so they are on the editorial calendar. They're treated just like they're just like your blog posts are treated. So mm-hmm. they're they're a part of the regular editorial production schedule.
0: Another thing that you uh, suggested I do that worked out really well for for at least for me is having specific days to do certain types of content. Um, right. For example, Monday is the day I write everything and on Tuesdays I go into Tuesdays and I know that that's the day that I'm going to be doing podcast episodes whether I'm doing an interview interview for SPI or I'm on somebody else's show that's only happening on Tuesdays and then Wednesdays are sort of our meeting days when we meet together and um, you know we talk over plans and and things like that so that's been really helpful is that a technique that is normal or like that uh, we could all use or is that something you picked up somewhere else just you know really focusing on a one certain kind of task per day
2: yeah I think it's it's it is um, something that I've applied for general productivity it's kind of that idea of the one thing like what are you focusing on what's the most important thing you're you're gonna do today mm. what is the one thing that you're focusing on for the day um, and for you Pat what I was here, when I came onto the team, what I was hearing is that um there wasn't a lot of consistency with when you were working on your content, you were just kind of doing it whenever you had time, and particularly with with the blog and with writing. Yep. And so one of the things that I wanted to do was because as a managing editor, what I'm doing is, I am assigning the tasks for everyone, including you. So I basically tell you (laughs) when your deadlines are and when you have to do the writing, when you have to do the recording and all of that. All of that is managed in co-schedule. And I'm the one who's actually putting those deadlines on the calendar. And so it made sense for me to look at your production schedule and be like, okay, what makes the most sense for Pat and what he's doing on a weekly basis? It makes no sense for him to spend one day writing, and you were kind of already in the routine of doing your podcast interviews on Tuesdays, and so I made Monday your writing day and Wednesday your meeting day, and Thursday is sort of like, okay, if you need to catch up on a blog post, you can do it on a Thursday. But um, with that idea of banking your content ahead of time, and everyone, including you, can kind of batch produce Mm -hmm. their component of the project i wanted you to be able to do that as well and that's where that concept came from With like the idea of doing blog posts on mondays podcasts on tuesdays etc
0: yeah and that 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 worked out really well and you know some of you might be laughing like pat you hire this person to come and like tell you what to do and when you're supposed to do things but it's honestly great because as an entrepreneur, you get into this and especially when you're just starting out, you're doing it all on your own and you have to wear all the hats. And honestly, some hats fit better than others. And uh, sometimes you need somebody else to come on and tell you what to do, uh, especially if they're an <laughs> expert. And so I was really happy to have Jana come on and we joke a little bit because uh, we call her the the whip cracker. Um, <laughs> she cracks the whip on all on all of us to, to get our stuff done. And especially on me, because I, I, I have these tasks and I miss my deadlines sometimes. And Jana, you do a great job of respectfully telling me that I miss something and that things are, have to be fixed. And that always lights my fire. Like I always feel bad when I do that. And I always end up catching up eventually. But um, without you, I feel like everything would just kind of snowball and I would get far behind and just never catch up. So thank you
2: yeah you're welcome
0: i'm happy to do it if somebody were working on their own how how could they hold themselves accountable to a certain calendar day i think that's a really really important question that hopefully you you can provide some answers for but the first thing you have to you have to create these dates i think that's one of the most important things you have to create these deadlines for yourself if you don't do that you can always say well I'll, i'll do it tomorrow or i'll do it whenever right and so that's the first thing you know it's just like creating goals Goals are better if there's a specific deadline. You're going to be more amped to get them done. But beyond that, what are some things that we could do to really pressure ourselves? I guess to meet those deadlines.
2: So a couple things. One, I would say understand yourself and your personality and what motivates you to to keep the deadlines and and, you know uh, do what you say you're going to do. So. For example, um, this is going to reveal what kind of nerd I am. Um, I really enjoy checking things off. So if you have a list and you have, you like cross it off, and schedule actually facilitates this little geeky pleasure that I get in like seeing all the tasks checked off because the, you the click the box, it checks the task off, and I love logging into CoSchedule at the end of the month and if we're on schedule, and I look at everybody's tasks and they're all checked off. It's like, ha-ha, it's like a clean slate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that just, it's like a odd um, reward system for, like, seeing the visual accomplishment of the task being complete. Um, but if the external accountability is really necessary, I would say um, just ask a friend or, a, you know, a, again, a significant other, somebody who's close to you in your life that could be that person to be like, hey, did you, you said you were going to blog on Monday. Did you do your blog today? You know, whatever it is, and maybe it's a text message, maybe it's a phone call, um, whatever kind of relationship you have with somebody. You know, even if you're starting out and you have a small online following, maybe just on Twitter say, hey, I'm trying to meet this goal of posting a new blog post every Monday. I'd love for you guys to help keep me accountable just like at, tweet at me on Mondays and make sure I'm doing what I want to be doing, that kind
0: of thing. Yeah, I love that. Um, I also think about who I would be letting down if I didn't not not just you and the team, Jenna, but those who could potentially benefit from the content that I produce and the podcast that they listen to. I mean, I always try to think of those on the other end of the audience. And if I were late or if I just am lazy about it, like that's a very selfish way to think and I feel like the more I consider who I'm doing this content for and why I'm spending all this time doing it, man, it it lights that fire under me and I I always um, seem to find a way to get it done after that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Jana, uh, this has been a great conversation. I think we've picked up some great tips and also some tools uh, that, that you mentioned. So you mentioned, let, let's go over some of these tools and maybe just cover some any other ones that you end up uh, using during your process. So we talked about Google Drive and spreadsheets, of course. Spreadsheets are one of the most amazing things in the world, especially when outlining your content. And one of the byproducts of actually creating these spreadsheets for future content is that now we have this uh, running list and spreadsheet of all the content we've done in the past? So if we ever wanted to organize it in a specific way or recategorize them, like we've recently done on the new new redesign, it's it's a lot easier to do that. Um, so spreadsheets. You also mentioned uh, co schedule. If you go to smartpassiveincome slash co schedule, you can check it out there. Uh, and they've been a sponsor to the show too uh, before. They're they're an amazing company. Garrett Moon over there is just an, an awesome guy, super smart. Um, what are some other tools that you use, or one could use to help with managing content? Or are there any other ones needed? Really?
2: No, I was. I mean, I would say those like Google Drive and Co Schedule are great places to start. Um, maybe Dropbox. You know, if you're still using like Word, you prefer to use Word files. Um, mm-hmm. You can store them in the cloud on Dropbox and have access. To, uh, then you have access to them on any computer if you're not at your own individual computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, I think those are those are great places to start.
0: Well, that's good then. That's not too much. It's just a matter no, of exactly. uh, <laughs> just doing it then, I guess, right?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome, Jenna. Uh, thank you so much. Um, is there anything? You want to give a shout out to or a link to or anything like your magazine or, or I don't know, usually we have guests on who have websites and they're sharing their website, but here you are, you're part of Team Flynn. So is there anything we could do to, or where could people find out more about you, I guess?
2: Yeah, I would love that. Um, my personal website is com. It's spelled J-A-N-N-A-M-A-R-L-I-E-S. And my magazine is called underthegumtree.com. I publish creative nonfiction and visual art. So it's true personal storytelling. And that website is underthegumtree.com. I would love it if people checked out the, that magazine. It's my, it's my pet project. It's my baby. Love it.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Janet, thank you so much for coming on. And, and, and again, thank you for what you do for Team Flynn and uh, the content that gets published on the site.
2: Oh, Pat, you're so welcome. I really enjoy working with you and the rest of the team, so I am super excited to be able to chat with you and um you know, hopefully this will be helpful to the to the community. So
0: it it it, it will be, I'm positive. Thanks, Jana. We appreciate you. Cool. All right, I hope you enjoy that episode with Jana Marin. Again, she's the one who keeps this engine running here behind the scenes at SPI in regards to our content and just keeping things on schedule and on task. And uh, so thank you, Jan. I know you're listening to this and uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. If you wanna get the links and the resources mentioned here in this episode, just head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 215. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash session 215. And I also, you know, we talked about co-schedule the tool that we absolutely love and use here in Team SPI to manage our content and to automate our social media posts after we publish episodes and all that good stuff. So I wanted to bring on the founder, Garrett Moon, once again, like we did in a few episodes back here in this ad spot, because they're sponsoring this episode quite appropriately. And I wanted to bring him on to talk a little bit about what's coming next for CoSchedule. what are the upcoming features that we could all look forward to? And for those of you who are interested, you could try CoSchedule free for 30 days exclusively just for you guys. Go to co-schedule.com slash SPI. Again, that's CoSchedule.com slash SPI. But here we go. Let's hear from Garrett about what's coming next. So Garrett, uh, we talked about CoSchedule a while back in another ad spot. Here I want to talk about some of the cool things that are coming up that you shared with me earlier. I wanted you to share them with everybody out there who uh, may or may not be using CoSchedule Yet, but this is some of the stuff that's coming up. So what, what, what do we have to look forward to?
1: Well, we're building on some of the fundamentals of CoSchedule. You know, we allow you to create content using WordPress, using Google Docs, Evernote, you know, any number of our great integrations, uh, and then we allow you to create that social media right beside it. So we're really combining your content and your social workflow, saving our users a ton of time. So a couple of the ways that we're hoping to do that with some new features is um, one, uh, we're going to be announcing Pinterest access here very soon, nice. which will allow you to yeah take that scheduling and apply it to another social network. And one where we're seeing a ton of traffic growth for a lot of our customers. So I think being able to incorporate that into their workflow is going to save them a ton of time, Um, plus, you know, hopefully bringing them more traffic to their site. Um, The second feature that we're really excited about is a a feature called social templates, which uh, is going to allow you to save a group of social messages that you can apply in bulk uh, to your blog posts or any pieces of content that you're publishing and essentially create, you know, a dozen couple dozen, however many social messages you want to create uh, with a single click of a button. And you can customize them and stuff from there, but you're going to be able to reapply and schedule those things in bulk, which um, we're all about saving time and making that process easier. And if you're you know, publishing content even semi-regularly, you know how time-consuming that that social promotion process is. And this is going to make it instantly uh, take just a couple of minutes every with every piece of content. Yeah, that's so.
0: awesome. I mean, my team goes in when a post gets published and adds in the social posts that go out on a time, like based on how many days after the post gets published. And to have yep. templates would be great because a lot of the... Podcast episodes, for example, and even some blog post types, they they have a similar messaging through each of the social media that happens after that. So that'll save a ton of time. That's awesome. Exactly.
1: It? And I think it also, the thing it does is it'll help you become better at consistently publishing older content, you know, further out or down the road. Uh, we really advocate, you know, publish the day or share the day of publish the day after a week after a month after um, and a template will help you do that without having to put all the work in into it. Yeah,
0: very cool. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate you
1: being here. Yeah, thanks, Pat.
0: Thanks so much, I appreciate you listening in, and I look forward to uh, serving you in next week's episode. Until then, keep crushing it, thank you so much. Love you guys, cheers.
1: Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.